Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Dravenola Field Podcast. My name is Jack. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LVNerds. I'm here with James. You can find him on Twitter, James Valentinas. Today's podcast, we're going to be doing our top 10 center fielder list that we have. This is between James, Ryan, and I. Ryan can't be with us today, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on who you ask. Fortunately. Uh, fortunately. So, yeah, we're going to get into it here. Um, you know, as per usual, we have a, a, got our cumulative list, and then I will also um, go through, you know, what you know what I had as well. I think it's kind of a good comparison. All right, all right. Starting at number 10, we have Harrison Bader of the New York Yankees. Um, Bader joined the Yankees last season, uh, midseason, over the trade deadline for Jordan Montgomery. Um, you know, he was hurt, and then he didn't play so well in the regular season, and then he was really, really good in the postseason. Um, he was incredible. He carried the Yankees' offense, pretty much the only offense the Yankees had in the postseason. Um, so Bader comes in at number 10. Um, I personally had him at number eight, uh, a little higher than a couple guys. I think his defense combined with his offense, I think, and base running in general gives him a very uh, high floor. I'm not really sure where his ceiling is, ceiling is at because I'm not really sure he can be anything more than a 105, 110 WRC plus bat. Even then, that's potentially a four or five win player, which is still really, really good value. Um, but if it's higher than that, obviously the sky's the limit for him. Um, obviously, the big caveat with Bader is his injury history. He doesn't play many games. He's already down today. He's an oblique strain. Um, shouldn't be too serious, but if it is, then that's a problem, obviously. Really, it's just health that, that keeps Bader low on this list, I assume. Uh, James, what do you think about Bader? For yeah, I like Bader a lot. He's, uh, you know, the defense in the glove and the, the, the speed, right? Uh, the bat is questionable. It's like up and down, right? Uh, you never know really what to expect. It's 114 in 2020, 110 in 2021, 86 last year, and that was – uh, including 47 after getting to New York. Again, that's only t- like tiny sample size because yeah. uh, he got hurt. And then again, he had an amazing postseason last year um, where he slugged 833. So, um, you know, I-, I think with Bader, you kind of know you're getting, no matter what happens, whether how many games he plays, you're getting a, a good glove, elite speed. And then if you can get anything with the bat, I think that's a plus, right? If you get anything above a hundred, then you're looking at a guy who can have a three, four win season um, pretty quietly. Uh, I think it's just a, he's just a valuable guy to have on your roster. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's move to number nine here. We have Cedric Mullins of the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Now I didn't have Mullins on my list personally. Um, I think he's a slightly worse version of Harrison Bader. You know, he's going to be around maybe above, a little above average, average hitter. Like, he's a fine hitter. He was really, really good in 2021. Obviously, he took a step back in 2022. I think we're going to see something closer to 2022 as, as far as, like, what kind of player he is going forward. Um, I would bet definitely closer there. Um, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's going to steal your bases. You know, he's a good hitter. He's okay. He's pretty good defensively. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, I, I had Mullins at 11, I believe. Um, again, He's a really good player. I just think Satterfield's a good position, and I have a couple guys ahead of him. I had Riley Green personally ahead of him uh, at number uh, at number ten. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, like I, I think he's a, a good player. Uh, I think his ceiling is kind of low, though. James, w- what do you think about Mullins? I think I disagree with the ceiling being low, just given that we've seen a six win season out of him. We know that's a possibility, right? We know that that has happened. It can't happen again. He's only twenty eight, um, so it's not like it's way in the past, right? Um, I would think last year is a pretty good baseline for Mullins, but even then, like, like you said, it was a step back, but he still had a 3.4 war 106 WRC plus. Um, I, I don't love the, you know, the bat with Mullins. I, I question whether he's, you know, 
actually a league average, uh, an above league average hitter. But even then, again, like Bader, good defense, good, good speed. So, you know, he'll, he'll back his way into another three win season as long as he stays healthy. And he has the last two years, he's played 156 and 159 games. All right. Number eight, we have Jazz Chisholm Jr. of the Miami Marlins. I had Chisholm at number nine for reference. I think he's a good player. Again, here's a guy. I had him a lot higher in my second base list, I believe, you know, relatively speaking, like the grand scheme of kind of player. I have him in the top 100. I think a lot of people say, like, oh, he's a platoon bat, blah, blah, blah. I think he's a really good hitter. I think realistically he's going to hit the right side, obviously, a lot better. Um, but he's not that bad. He's not going to be that. I don't think he'll be that bad against lefties, at least as bad as he was in 2022. Um, pretty small sample size, obviously. The big thing with Chisholm here, obviously, is moving to center field, new position. We've never seen him play any professional center field. So um, I think it'll be interesting for sure um, to, to see how he looks out there. I can't really assume he's going to be anything more than average, if not below average, at the position, um, which is which is the thing. So, um, look, good player. Um, you know, not really much else to say there. Obviously, the big thing, the defense, going to run the bases pretty well. Marlins are filling a team of five second base, which I find pretty funny. Um, James, what do you think about Chisholm Jr. in twenty in twenty twenty three? And do you think his defense will be bad or good, or do you not know? Because frankly, we have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. Like he could be an elite center fielder, he could be a horrible center fielder, and I'd have no idea either way. Um, you know, you'd assume he'll be at least somewhat decent. He's got good speed. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure the range will be fine. I'm just I question his jump. Right, like is, is he going to be able to get to the ball quickly? Just given that he has he's no outfield experience, I don't think ever in his career. You know, maybe at least at like the professional level, right? Not in the minors and not in the majors. Um, but again, he's young. Uh, he, he hits really well. I think the platoon bad thing is, it's pretty off. It's a pretty horrible take. Like, yes, he, he was really bad against lefties last year, but he wasn't that bad the last two years before that. Um, even, even when he wasn't a good hitter, when he came up in 2020 with that 54 WRC plus or whatever. Uh, yeah, he strikes out a ton, doesn't walk much, but when he puts the bat on the ball, he hits it hard. Uh, he had a 140 WRC plus last year. He's projected just 117 by Steamer. I think that's really low. Um, you know, he he missed a lot of games last year with injury, right? Uh, he only played 60 games. But I think, you know, if he stays healthy and if he can, uh, and if his defense is at least, you know, playable in center field, then he'll be fine. I agree. All right. Number seven, we have Ryan Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. For reference, I had Reynolds at number six, number five. I had him at five, yeah. I feel like this is a little low. Six, for you have him at six. I had him at six. Did I have him at six? Are you sure? Mm, yes. I had him at six. I'm an idiot. Sorry, guys. Uh, Reynolds uh, at, at number seven here. Um, good player. Um, I had him at six again, just a spot ahead. Um, he's going to hit well. His defense is all kind of all over the place. Um, you know, like, I don't really know. It's it's tough because Reynolds, I, I find to be personally a little overrated. Um, which is hard to be in Pittsburgh and be overrated, but I think people maybe in like trades and whatnot and mock, mock trades kind of overrate him. He's a really, really good player, right? Don't get me wrong. His defense in center field has been a little wonky. It's been bad last year, good the year before. Offense, he had a down year and then he had a, in 2020, and he's been really good the last couple of years. He's been a little hurt also, but um, I think he's a good player. Like you'd, you'd probably get around 125, 130 WRC plus out of him. Um, but again, it's a defense that, that you don't really know about. So um, if he's playing that elite defense, he probably be a little higher. If he's not like he did last year, then probably around here is a good spot uh, for Reynolds. James, what do you have to say about Reynolds for 2023? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think with Reynolds, I agree with you to a little to to an extent that he's getting a little bit overrated, right? 
Uh, you look at some of those trade proposals, those mock trades, and they kind of overvalue them. You see him going for like multiple top 10 prospects in his system. I don't know if at this point, you know, as a, as a guy, I, I think he hits free agency, what, in 2026. So yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of, a lot of value there with the, um, you know, with the, he's under contract for a while, right? You team control. Um, he had a 141 WRC plus 6.1 win season in 2021, took a step back last year. You know, it's, it's tough to like, he, you know, he plays for the pirates. So like, I think to an extent he might get a little overrated just because he's so much better than anyone else on that yeah. team. Um, I was, but Cabrian, Cruz, please. Well, well, okay. But like Cabrian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz have not had, like they, they're we're more looking at them for their potential rather than what they are right now. Whereas we look at Reynolds for what he is right now. What he yeah, is right I know. now I know. is I know. is a is a three four, maybe four and a half. You know, five win baseball player next year. And you know, I really I really hope he gets traded for his sake because the Pirates aren't going anywhere. And um, you know, I, I think he could contribute to a much better team. All right, coming in at number six here, we have Luis Robert of the uh, Chicago White Sox. Luis Robert Jr. Now. Um, and you know, again, this is a guy I, I personally had him at seven. I'm spot below Reynolds in hindsight, you know, say what you want about that. It was rough for him last year, really, really, really good in 2021, but obviously small sample size. White Sox were a mess last year, but his talent's through the roof. You know, you're going to get with him. He runs the bases extraordinarily well. He plays elite defense. The bat, the, the potential with the bat is, is really unmatched. I, I think like really, this is a guy, one of those guys that like, he could be a top 10 player. Like I would not be surprised if he breaks out in that wedge because of how good he is. Um, again, the play discipline is not really there. Um, it's gotta be better. Um, the strikeout rate's pretty high. I mean, obviously strikeouts and out, but you know, ultimately that kind of leads to, to, to more chases and whatnot. So I, I think, you know, if, 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 you know, he's gonna take the jump, he's gonna make better contact. He's gonna make more contact. Uh, he's gonna walk more. Um, again, though, the ceiling is through the roof. You know, the sky's the limit for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a league average hitter, but a three word player, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he was an eight word player like that. Like those outcomes, the range of outcomes for, for Robert or, you know, all over the place. Uh, James, what do you have to say about Robert for 2023? And do you think um, the bat will return to that 2021 form? I mean, I feel like Robert's career to this point has been pretty disappointing. Um, if you just look at the like the sheer value, maybe, you know, he's underperformed a little bit and has some expected numbers that are a little better. But, you know, 111 WFC plus last year, 98 games. He's, he's never played a full season. He's never even played 100 games. Again, it's only three years, so who really knows? Um, I would expect somewhere in between the 2021 and 2022 uh, versions of Robert. Like 2022 last year, just a 111 WRC plus and negative defense in center field, which is kind of shocking from a guy who you would expect, you know, just given the tools and, um, you know, he graded out as a 70 grade defender when he came into the league a few years ago. And then negative defensive value as a center fielder is very disappointing. But I, that, I I think that the ceiling is still there, obviously, right? Like there's there's nothing stopping him from having a seven or eight win season and being an MVP candidate. But until we see that, I think, you know, right around this, you know, five to seven range is a pretty good spot for him on this list, especially given how much talent is at this position. Yeah. All right. Coming here at number five, we have Michael Harris, the second of the Atlanta Braves. I had Harris the second at number five. Um, he's a great player. He's a guy that, frankly, this feels a little low. Even though it's where I had him, and it's not low because the guy's ahead of him, but he's a really, really talented player. Again, he hits the ball really well. He doesn't walk at all. He does not like to walk, but that's kind of okay. 
His contact rates are really good. His end zone contact, you know, rate is really good. His exit velocity is really good. He plays elite defense out there. He's gonna run the bases really well. Um, again, five tool ish player. Like you know, when you when you think of I don't, I personally don't the, the term five tool too much. But if you think of a five tool player, he's probably one of those guys that is up there. He's just fantastic. Um, Braves obviously they locked up as well. Um, it's just like you know, I, I don't really know what else to say to him. He's just such a good player. It's like, you know, and, and again, the one thing you're scared about is that regression. Um, but he was a top prospect. I believe in the pedigree. I believe in you know his ability to make contact and hit the ball really hard and, and play really good defense. So I believe in Harris personally. Um, I understand that there are some doubters just because of his walk rates and, and play discipline. Uh, he comes in at number five. Uh, James, what do you think about Harris for 2023? I mean, like, I think with a guy like this, he was on pace for what? Uh, okay. That is not, that is not good. That there. He was on pace for a six, four season last year. He played the full season, only 114 games came up a little late and then missed a little bit with injury. Um, I think you look at Harris and it's, it's hard not to think, you know, he might regress a little bit, right? Uh, 136 OSC plus seems a little high for a guy like him, even, um, even with, you know, the pedigree you said as a top prospect, I, I, I don't expect too much, right? As far as the regression goes, I think another four or five win season is pretty much what I would expect from him. Um, Steamer has him at 116 WRC plus 3.9 war. I think it's a little low, but then again, I understand why he never walks. He, uh, he had a 4.8% walk rate last year. Um, but then in the minors, he had 8.7%, 8.3%, 9.7%. Like you, you've seen a guy who's walked before, right? Um, maybe just a adjustment to major league pitching. Maybe it's something the Braves, you know, want him to swing more. He, his strikeout rate was also up. And so was his ISO. His isolated power was the highest of, of his professional career last year. Uh, the BABIP is high, but I would expect that to stay that way. He's got incredible speed. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything really to look at with Harris. And, you know, he's he's as close to, and I hate using this. I think you said this a minute ago, but he's a five-tool player. Yeah, I hate the term, but it makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I definitely don't. I think it's overused, but I think this is one of the scenarios where you can use it and be right. Yeah. All right. Let's go to number four here. We have Byron Buxton, the Minnesota Twins. I personally have Buxton at three. I think this is also a little low, but again, the injuries, like this guy could be, frankly, the best player in baseball if he played all 162. Like, let's just be real. Or maybe the second best because, you know, nobody's better than Otani, but this guy is incredible. He runs the bases extraordinarily well. He plays lead defense. The bat is one of the best in baseball when he's playing. But when he doesn't play, it's just so hard with him, you know, because He's just so unbelievably injury prone. Like he's such a good player, but you know, I think people throw around the term injury prone, like kind of a little bit too much because it's a physical, you know, it's a sport you're going to get hurt playing it. This guy is incredibly injury prone. Like let's be real here, but he's so incredibly talented. He's one of the fast people in baseball. One of the best hitters in baseball when he's playing, I don't care about the walks. Cause you know, we've seen he could do it without the walks necessarily. He's the, one of the best, if not the best defensive player in baseball in terms of value. Like, it's just so hard with this guy because you want to put him really high. You want to put him maybe even higher than this. But, you know, I had him at three, four. Like, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Especially the guys ahead of him. Like, I totally get it just because he can't be healthy. Like, if he was healthy, like I said, he'd be incredible. Um, If he's I, really, like, he'll win MVP if he's healthy. I, I fully believe that. So, um, Bucks comes in number four, and it sucks again. It really does suck. Uh, But, James, w- what do you think about Bucks and Alex for 2023? Maybe can he stay healthy this year? I think if Buxton stays healthy, he could have a 10 win season. I wouldn't be surprised. Like yeah. he's so good that, you know, if we were just ranking true talent, I'd struggle between him and Mike Trout, to be honest, for this number one spot. 
But, you know, as it stands, I have him at number four. We have him as number four as a group. I think Ryan had him at five. You had him at three. So he averages out number four, right? Um, I think last year he played 92 games, which was a step up from the year before. He's never played 100 games in the last five years. Um, and, you know, I think we saw a big breakout, right, in 2021. Um, and then he kind of followed it up. If you comp- If you combine the two seasons – he had an 8.1 win season, right? One season, 153 games, 150 WRC plus, 8.7 BSR, 12.4 D, uh, defensive value, and 8.1 WAR. That's that is an elite MVP season. The only problem is that he did it over two seasons, right? Um, yeah. So obviously, with Buxton, we know that the talent is there. We know that he can be one of the best players in the league. He's very capable of it. I just question again his health. And I, I think I overuse the injury prone thing. I, I throw it around all the time, but Buxton, Buxton, you can't really argue with. He's yeah, I agree. like, he actually, he has a serious injury problem. And I, it's, it's weird because it's not always the same injuries. He had a back problem. He has knee problems right now. Yeah. Um, finger thing last year, sliding in a second base. Like it's just so unfortunate. Yeah. Some of them are unfortunate. And then some of them, it, like it's not like a lingering injury where it, where, Whereas no, like a lot of guys do, it's just all over the place. He just keeps getting hurt. I don't know what it is. It's like, it doesn't, yeah. it really makes no sense to me. You gotta but... feel for that. He's so incredibly athletic too. Like he's so fast. He's strong. Like, like it's just so unfortunate, you know? Yes. I mean, like we're looking at a guy here who a couple, you know, again, combined those two seasons and he's hit 47 homers and 111 RBIs and a 8% walk rate with a 28% strikeout rate. Like, over those two seasons, he might be the best hitter in, or one of the you know five best hitters in the league. And then you combine that with his glove, which is incredible, and his and his base running, which is you know among the best in the league. We're looking at a guy who's you know in five hundred eighty five career games had eighteen WAR. The only problem is that those five hundred eighty five games, which is what like three seasons worth of games, like four seasons worth of games, and he's done it in what eight years. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's not what you want, you know, but he's a great player. Rooting for him for sure. Comes in number four. Number three, we have Brendan Nimmo of the New York Mets. Recently signed that eight-year, $162 million extension. I thought personally that was a steal for the Mets. Um, Nimmo's a really good player, guy that has been also labeled injury prone in the past, but he's played a couple full seasons. So, again, his, his defense also was not very good before, and now it's really, really good. So, um, again, Nimmo, a guy going to play really good center field defense, not as good as Buxton or, or Robert typically. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be good. The bat is is on par though. The bat is really good. He walks an incredible amount. Crazy good plate discipline. Uh, he runs to first base if you know what I mean. Um, and he runs the bases really well. Like you know he knows you know he he's a he, he's a, a true you know red blooded guy that, that 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 goes out there every day and 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 performs. So um, and then was a really fun player to watch, especially you know he's just a fun player to watch. You know I think again. He's really talented. I had him at four only because I had Bucks and I had them, but either way, I could totally understand it. Um, Mets are very lucky to have him. Um, he's a really good player. Uh, James, what do you have to say about Nemo? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the contract he signed this offseason is a little bit shaky, right? It's kind of a lot of money for a guy who just played his first. Uh, like, I don't know. I, I disagree. I think it's a steal. But it's, it's like 20 you million. You think it's a, a steal? I, it's, it's 20 million a year, but it's eight 20, years. And but it's like he, I just think it's and last year was the first time he played a full season since what 2018. So he has the same problem where he keeps getting hurt. I guess again, he's just very talented. It's hard to like, yeah. I mean, that. super, super talented player. Um, he walks so much. Um, you know, he had a 400 base percentage two years in a row. 
and three out of the last five years. Last year he didn't, but you know, still at a 134 diversity plus. He had a career high of, or not career high, he had a career second high of 16 homers last year, a career high of 5.4 war. Um, and then Steamer's really high on him with a 4.8 war. I th- like just projections in general kind of love Nimmo and it really makes sense. He, they, he checks all the boxes for like what a projection system would like. He's not very volatile at the plate. He walks a lot, um, singles a lot, doubles a lot, homers, and, you know, never. So there's not a lot of things that are super, you know, volatile. So I think when you look at Nimmo, you kind of know what to expect, right? You're going to get you're going to get an elite bat and an elite glove. Uh, maybe not an elite glove. You're going to get an elite bat and a good glove. And, you know, that puts you at number three on ours and my center field list. All right, all right. Number two, we have Julio Rodriguez. This is going to be the consensus one or two. Running two, I think, for everybody. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, rookie last season, he was incredible. Again, one of the reasons why, like, we got to start ranking rookies higher as a collective. It's like, you know, th- these are – Guys that just like they, they can still play the major league ones. It's baseball ultimately. I, um, yes, you could make that argument with Rodriguez, but then you could turn around and make the same argument against it with like a guy like Wander Franco, who we ranked like number okay. four at shortstop, and then he had a. I think Torkelson would be a better, be a better example of that. Yeah, Torkelson too. Um, because Torkelson Franco. was really really bad last year. Right, can I talk about J Rod real quick, and then we can get to this? Yeah, right. yeah J Rod five again five tool player. Like these are all kind of five tool players. You hate to use the term, but again, it makes sense with these kind of guys. Runs the bases incredibly well. Going to play really, really good defense in center field. Going to play, you know, have an elite bat, you know. He's just one of the best players in baseball at this point. I have a number 12 personally. I think he'll only get better. He's a guy that, you know, probably probably going to win multiple MVPs in his career. He's that kind of player. Um, a generational talent, if you will, maybe. Um, again, kind of like a healthy Byron Buxton with better plate discipline. It's a little sad. Again, you you wish Buxton's up there with with you know can play, but um, Rodriguez. Hopefully, you know he need a little bit of time in the injury list, uh, injury list. I believe I think it was from a hit by a pitch or something. So no big deal. Should be good to go for twenty twenty three. Should be like totally fine in terms of lingering issues in twenty twenty three. Really excited to watch him play in WBC as well as in season for the Mariners. James, what do you think about J Rod for twenty twenty three? Uh, Julio Rodriguez. I think I'm gonna pick him to an AL MVP next year. Like. Uh, you, it, it's tough to pick against Otani just because you know exactly what you're going to get, right? Where he's going to be an elite pitcher and an elite hitter, and it's it's really tough to beat that. Like, like Judge had to put up a historical, like a historic season, and even then people questioned whether um, Otani should win the MVP. Um, I think with Rodriguez, last year we saw in 132 games in his rookie season as a 21-year-old, we saw a 5.3 war. That's incredible. You don't you don't see guys come up to the major leagues and just perform like that. And then and he got up to a slow start too, if I remember correctly. Um, and then in the second half, he was he just like he went ballistic, right? Yeah. I I would expect another second half J Rod season for the full year. Um I think the 138 WC plus that he's projected by Steamer is slow. Um, I I think what'd you say? I said yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I think you go, you know, 145, 150 once again, and we're looking at a guy who could put up a seven win season next year. And I wouldn't be I, I mean, it's almost becoming to the point where it's like I'm expecting him to have a six win season. Yeah. Which are really, you know, lofty expectations for a twenty two year old, but I think he's more than warranted you know like more than deserve them yeah all right coming in number one this is very obvious the undisputed best center fielder in baseball has been forever 
Michael Nelson Trout, Los Angeles Angels at Anaheim, captain of Team uh, USA and WBC. Again, Michael Trout, Mike Trout, whatever you want to call him, best player of our generation by far. Um, best hitter we've seen in quite a while. Defense doesn't really matter, but he's been fine out there last year. He wasn't very good a couple of years in a row. I don't know about defense doesn't really matter. Okay, but like as far as Trout is concerned, like he's number one. The defense you can live. Yeah, like I like I wouldn't care if he had if he had a bad yeah. defensive season. Yeah, it does not matter. His offense is going to carry that. His base running is incredible as well. Um, the defense again wasn't that good in 2021 and 2020. Sorry, 2020, 2021. It was better last year. Um, didn't play much though. Again, the thing with Trout is the injuries. He's a back thing, which really sucks, but still can't really stop him from being number one at this point. Um, yeah, he had 40 home runs in 83 games last year. Like he's he's a he's an incredible talent. Obviously, it's fun to watch. Don't take him for granted for sure. Especially him and Otani one two in the lineup, whatever it is that they're running out. Um, just it sucks. The Angels suck. It's like they're so talented, but they just can't do anything at the moment. Hopefully, they're better this year. Um, but yeah, again, Trout undisputed number one consensus number one. My number one. Um, I had him at number four amongst all players, but again, MLB's talent pool is better than it ever has been at this point. Like, I mean, Trout, again, could be number two. You know, I I just think he's that good of a player. So, uh, James, what do you think about Trout for 2023? I guess my question would be how long it takes for somebody to displace him on this list, right? You know, yeah. we saw his own teammate to place, displace him as number one um, in the entire league, right, with Otani. And I think that's kind of un- unquestionable, right? I think Trout is still number two. But I could see the argument, right, for a couple guys to be ahead of him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Soto is one, but I question his defense. Yeah, nice. and then Judge, uh, you know, like there's not really much. Like Judge and Trout are very similar in that aspect. Where, like they're both elite hitters with solid gloves, but I just trust Trout more given that he's had at least a 160 WRC plus in every single season since 2012. That's yeah, fucking man. ridiculous. Um, and you look at Trout and like, I still don't think if he stays healthy, another, you know, another MVP is not even close out of the question. Uh, another nine win seasons, not out of the question. Another 10 win seasons, not out of the question. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's at thir- who at 30 years old, and this is rare. You know, you don't see this a lot in baseball at 30 years old. He can retire tomorrow and he'd be a first ballot Hall of Fame. That doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Um, if he could stay healthy, he probably would have ended his career with 150, 160 wins. But, you know, as it stands right now, you know, we'll see how far he can go. And I, I think people have started to take him for granted a little bit, especially given that he hasn't played as much and um and all that. But you look at Trout and like this is the best player of our generation and it's not close, but you know, he's he's got a teammate coming for that title. Yeah. All right, everyone. Um, thank you for joining us today. If you like what you saw, give us a five star whatever platform you're listening to. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. Uh, at or the Deep Drive, uh, a Drive and Deep Left Field podcast. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Deep Drive Pod if you haven't already. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Emily Nerds. Follow James on Twitter at James Valentinas. It's been a Deep Drive and Left Field by Castellanos, and we'll see you in episode number eighty-six. Eighty-six. Thank you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.